0: Hello there. Thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell-to-Bell podcast. We're on about episode 140-something now. You're either watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or iTunes on your way to work or on the treadmill or on your run or whatever. Anyway, you know me, Steve Lillis. You know my co-host, John Evans. Tonight's guest, a boxer who, uh, you could say he's got a license to thrill. Very, and more, never in a dull fight. He's in an absolute... Brilliant clash coming up on March the second in Bolton. It's Jack Flatley. Jack, thanks for coming on tonight.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for
0: having me on. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, first first time being on, so yeah, first looking
0: half, forward to. It. better get you on. You got this fight coming up, yourself and Ryan Amos. It's it's a fight that can't disappoint, can it? Commonwealth super welterweight eliminator. The winner could get a crack at Sam Gilley because Sam might fancy the winner of that sort of eliminator or the winner almost certainly get a decent TV fight, I should think. How do you see the fight?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That's, um,
1: but I mean, yeah, that's the main reason I want won, won that fight because, uh, I want, yeah, a crack at a, another major title, um, which is a Commonwealth title. So, yeah, and, and obviously, you know, uh, Amos is, um, He's a tough, durable fighter. Um, he's and he's only he's only lost one fight to um Janae Boston and Janay Boston. I mean, he went he, he look at him, he's a good fighter and um he's probably gonna go on to be you know, pro- probably like world level. So um I mean that's no no shame in in losing to someone like that. Other than that, he's not he's not lost, so it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a good a good fight, a good test, um, and it's in my own town as well. So yeah, buzzing for that.
2: Jack, do you think you when you when you look Elvis, this, this seems all changed at the minute. When you think back about your fights with Heaney now, do you think they've aged well, and that's actually done you a bit of a service because you fought <clears> you well, didn't you? I think no one might. Have, everyone might have underestimated Nathan everyone saw how Nathan dealt with Dentley Bentley, uh, Bentley so do you think that might have like in a way sort of boosted your reputation a little bit as well
1: uh yeah that's like I, th- I think like a lot of people underestimated him before I fought him and then even after I fought him I think they underestimated him as well thinking or oh, flatly give him you know because it there were there were close fights and and yeah. Um, people are like oh, flatly in my close fight. Um, so it's an easy night for for Bentley. What so I think they were probably underestimate, underestimated me a little bit by saying that. Um, but obviously gone on for win British title. And he he performed brilliant in that fight. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's probably better for me. If anything, I mean, it, it I've done blemishes on my record now against British. Um, British champion or above. So, I mean, it's it could be worse, I suppose.
0: Did you think just stand on Nathan a bit? I mean, I know in the first fight at the Manchester Arena, you absolutely could see your reaction in the ring to the stoppage because you obviously felt you. You know what you said afterwards that you were going to go on and win that night. You felt you could. You know your frustration was obvious for the twenty thousand crowd to see. But after the second fight. Did you think fair play? He's better than I thought he was. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I think what happened was I think he, you know, I think he raised his game a little bit because, if I'm honest, I think after from the first fight he might have underestimated me a little bit, and then, and then he, you know, he, yeah, he stepped up in the second fight, and um, in the first round in the in the second fight he, he threw the kitchen sink at me and. Um, tried his best I think for for getting me out in the first round um, which you know I weathered through I've been I've been I've been in that kind of situation before anyway so but yeah uh, he was better in the second fight um, just different things that he did and he probably did he did them in the Bentley fight as well like I, I probably think that my fight with him was good preparation for the way that he boxed Bentley
2: yeah Hey, just before we get on to the actual meat and potatoes of this podcast, Jack, you got the Flatley Brothers t shirt on there, and you? you've got the. Yeah, coach, you and Kieran yeah. are opening that gym, aren't they? Tell, tell the people about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, me and my. I've just finished there, and I've just been coaching at the gym. Um, me and my brother have um, opened the gym up in. Uh, it's in a bit of a weird loco- uh, location, to be fair. It's like in between. It's technically Bolton, but it's in between Bolton and uh, and Dow in Blackburn. Um, yeah, we've opened the gym up together. We're just setting up. Um, yeah, and everything's everything's going well. We're getting our oh, boxing ring arrives on Friday, so we're um, we're all um, we're all good to go yeah.
0: I presume you're going to be a trainer when you when you decide enough's enough for this game.
1: Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, I've I've always been in. I've been in coaching now for like seven, eight years. Anyway, um, I used to coach for Alex, Alex Marienko when I was at elite team. I used to do a bit of coaching now as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, all I do is boxing. It's, you know, I train, I train, and then and then I coach people. Um, so I don't really switch off from it to be fair. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I tell you, we'll, we'll kick on with what John describes as the meat and potatoes. John, have you got your clock and your belt to stop us after three minutes.
2: Already, yeah. You we'll, we'll get a bit serious again, here
0: anyway. if we keep chatting on, Jack. So, you know, it, it'd be like <laughs> fighting Ran Amos with Johnny at the night with his <laughs> belt and his <laughs> clock. Anyway, I tell you what, John's going to kick us off at, um, with the Jonas versus Mayor fight at the weekend. John? Yeah, I tell you what, firstly,
2: what a brilliant fight that was. Jonas and Mayer. I think we see a lot of these for, for women's fights and it's hell for leather, isn't it? A million punches. But you know none of them are going to hurt each other and it just depend, It descends into who can throw the most. But I thought that was a real high-quality fight. They were both picking hard shots. I think they were both buzzed a couple of times. Um, great fight. I personally, I thought Mayer just about won. I thought it was like 6-4, something like that. Yeah, I so had it, yeah. But I was looking at the... Re- The reaction afterwards, and you'd have thought it was the worst robbery in history. And I I just can't get my head around people taking such strong opinions on fights like that. You know, that was a a hell of a fight. Most people think Maya Shea did it. I certainly don't think it was an out-and-out robbery like people say. We might get a rematch down the line. I think it's a fight that's worthy of a rematch rather than just one that's written into a contract somewhere. I think it's just a bit extreme, the reaction, really. To be honest, but a, a tremendous fight. I, I watched the
1: fight and I was um was like one of them where I was watching it and I weren't really scoring it but yeah from from you know when the decision were announced I, I couldn't really see what the yeah, like like you say, I couldn't really see what the fucks were about it and um yeah, it were it were, it, it were an entertaining fire I seen both of them get um like you say, you don't really see a lot in women's boxing where they're getting stunned and buzzed and I think both of them got caught, um, especially later on in the fight.
0: Yeah, I watched it delayed. Um, I knew the result when I saw it. I was coming back from somewhere when the fight was on. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I had it six four, John. And I was thinking to Dan saying to Buncy on the phone today about every time there's a close fight, people don't like it. Just scream, you know. Boxing's crooked. It's like Germany. It's just it's just nonsense. It's bollocks. Um, you know what the great thing is? We, we, we used to speak about this on the pod a lot. As women's boxing is evolving, we're now getting these great rivalries. Um in four years' time, imagine what it's gonna be like then. I think we are we are now seeing these these great rivalries. But what the other night showed was have a look at the I haven't looked, have a look at these girls' records. I wonder how many combined ten rounders they'd had between them. And that that shows sort of quality we showed the other night. We're seeing too many of these female fighters fighting for world titles after five, six fights. And you can see it's not world-class boxing. We've got girls fighting for Commonwealth titles so early. Um, but, you know, that was years of what they put in the other night, showing how good women's boxing can be. I thought it was a fantastic fight. So even though I know the result, and like you, I had it 6-4. I spoke to someone today. They had it four rounds to mayor, but they had five rounds so close, they could see why it went that way. So there's no way it was a robbery.
2: No, i on.
0: Um, round two, you're going to start us off, Jack. And uh, one of the big topics of the last week Eddie Herm versus Frank Warren. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think they've they've not announced
0: it yet. Um,
1: but that's what they you know, that's what seems to be in talks. Um, I think they've they've got a lot of the the money thrown at them from the Saudi sort of stuff, and they and. I think that's that's kind of pushing them that way now to, um, I mean, Frank Warren and Eddie, yeah, and never, never, you would have never expected them to work together. But obviously when you're getting that kind of money thrown at it, I think, I think it just makes sense to them both. So, um, yeah. yeah.
0: It's pure business. Boxing is a business. It's money driven. Um, that they're they're suddenly, I'm not going to call it friendship, working relationship is, uh, look, it's great with boxing. And you look at the fights they could make. Obviously, the obvious ones, AJ and Fury, but it's too big to go on a five-by-five bill. But you never know with the Saudis. Two fights that stand out for me that I would love to see. Callum Smith and Anthony Yard. I mean, that would be absolutely brilliant. And you know what? What about Liam Davis and Shabazz Massoud?
2: They're two fights I'd love to see on it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't think about that one,
2: that's, yeah. Liam would definitely be up for it, wouldn't he? Do you know, I I, prefer, I think Liam's above that, though. I, I, famous, I think yeah. no, Liam's British European Commonwealth champion. How about Dennis McCann against Massoud?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Dennis has got to get
2: up to that level, hasn't he? Yeah. But, I, I personally hope we get fights like that because for one thing I think boxing needs at the minute is stars and event headliners and people who the public latch on and if we use the same old names, you know, Yard-Smith's a great fight, but if we use the same old names and put them in fights, I don't think we're gaining anything. If you may, if you put people like McCann-Davies in fights, it, this is going to be high-profile. And if they can win a big, high-profile fight, suddenly we've got a new breed of headliners coming through and people who can headline yeah. shows. And I think that's what we need, really.
0: Yeah. It's just that, you know what, that, that, the more I think about Smith-Yard, it isn't just you know, all the money they'll be fighting for. And good luck to if they're getting a million each or whatever, whatever they're going to get each, if that, that fight came off. But you imagine the stakes of that. You know, it's win, winners in there, loser, it's over. That is a last chance saloon fight for the highest level. And that's what it's all about. And that's what His Excellency or Turkey, whatever you want to know him as, he's given us these fights we want to see. I mean, the heavyweights could fight. You could have Johnny Fisher and Adelaide. What a bit of fun that would be. How about that, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think they mentioned that at home as well, mate.
2: Maybe, turn, yeah, he, yeah. Um, Moses, Moses at home, and yeah. Alive, yeah. You, yeah. They, might,
1: they
2: might not make Fisher against Moses at home, but you might yeah. get Adelaide. Well, what, what about <laughs> you, Jack? If you was in, um, what if Jack? If you was in,
0: um, one of them camps, which fight would you pick at 11 or 154 pound? Who would you like to fight? You, you if you were whose side would you want to be on to get the opponent from the other side?
1: I don't think anyone who's got any of the, you know, the, the domestic, like British, Commonwealth, Tower I don't think any of them are with any of them, to be honest, at my rate. Um, but as um, in terms of like the promoter and stuff like that, I'd probably, I just think Hearn puts on the better shows. um, And yeah, I, don't, I, he's, he, I think he's... Putting his name about worldwide now, isn't he? And, um, yeah. so I'd probably probably go to 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 her, yeah. No.
0: And it, and if Turkey's excellency wants an exciting eleven stone boxer, he knows where to find you, doesn't yeah, he? he to find him, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, in Saudi Arabia.
1: If he if he wants to throw that kind of money, about
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'll be yeah, there tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, right, <Ryan> Amos, <laughs> yeah, I've got to yeah. go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, round three. Um. Yeah, AJ is it, it? Obviously, stand with Ben Davison for his fight against Um Ungano. Um, some people think that's a good decision. Others are giving it stick. You know, everyone. You know, like you say, it's like with Jonas Mayer. Everything seems extreme now. You know, there's no. Let's see how it goes. It's either a terrible decision in people's eyes or a great. You know what? I think at this stage of his career, he needs to be comfortable and. For the first time in a while, it will be back. You know, he's been in America for camps. It'll be, You know, he'll be back at home, near his home in London. And, you know, he's a he's, ball boxers at any level. That, you know, their, their careers hinge on training, changing trainers. You've made a big decision recently, Jack. And I, I think he's got it right. So he'll be at home and he's not going to be out of his comfort zone going forward as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a big thing. I mean, because he's got a lot of... um, He has a lot of media commitments and stuff like that anyway, honestly. I mean, the last thing you want is being back and forward from America and as well as having all that on your plate and then you've got a fight on top of that. Um, But yeah, it's obviously... Because Davidson's been with you before, it's more of a question of... To me, it's more of a question... Of like is is Davidson right right to do that? I suppose. Yeah, loyal. Yeah, loyalty. But yeah, like Steve yeah.
2: said in the one before, it's a business, isn't it? Money talks yeah. these days. Well, yeah, yeah. And you you can imagine that the
0: the you know Tyson Fury if he goes up against um oh. against AJ with, with with Ben Davis in the corner, given what their relationship was, it's uh.
2: Imagine John Fury. <laughs>
0: John, (laughs) I don't think John, well, anyway, I don't think John was over keen on on Ben anyway. So you can imagine the build-up to that. You almost really want that fight to happen for the build-up for the press conference. Um, Ben Davison in AJ's corner and John Fury and Tyson Fury in the other corner. We talk about loyalty there and knowing where your bread's buttered.
2: When he went to Davison, I was a bit worried for Joshua because Ben... He's very detailed, isn't he? we break everything down in that gym watching video yeah. and making tiny things. But from listening to what he said, they've done the total opposite of that, haven't they? We? They've just reminded him what he's good at. Don't think about it too much. Just go and do yeah. it. And I thought he looked better than ever. And you know it's like with football. When football's at the top, if you don't if you don't need managers and tacticians, you need a motivator, don't you? You need someone who you're willing to play for. And if he's interested in Davis and he likes him I think that's probably the best thing the best thing you can hope for at this stage of his career
0: John over um, to you for round four um, your favourite punch
2: yeah what shot do you like when you watch boxing then you see someone get knocked out what's your favourite shot what's your favourite punch and Jack what's your favourite to land I suppose and mine I, I, I've always gone through spells I used to like a, a shot to the body I always used to like watching a left up to the body and then I liked an, an uppercut. I used to think an uppercut looked great, but these days it's just a left hook. And I like I always think back to Arturo Gatti knocking out Rouay last with a left hook, one of the first fights I ever took proper notice of. But the one that sticks in my mind is Big Enzo Macaronelli knocking out Bruce Scott with the most perfect left hook you've ever seen in your entire life. It when he when it hits his chin, it doesn't even deviate, it just goes straight through Scott's chin. It's the most perfect punch I've ever seen, and yeah. So I would say a, a proper left hook is my my favorite, my favorite to see. Yeah, at
1: the minute, at the minute, I've um, yeah, I'm I'm liking body shots, um, and I think, and for my last fight, I was trying to work on body shots. That that was the first time I'd ever even put anyone down with a body shot in a fight. So I've been, you know, been working on that a bit. So I'm I'm, yeah, I'm saying a body shot at the minute.
0: Yeah. yeah, your your last fight was actually he was an angry man, that fella as well, wasn't he? He wasn't very happy where <laughs> he got stopped, yeah. raging from the ring. It was, um, you know what? Left hooks, my my um favorite punch. I mean, at the domestic level, we did it a bit above the man. Engley Bingham used to throw the perfect left hooks. It got him out of trouble. You know, it really, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but it was an equalizer. But I, I'm thinking of um the first shot that put, um when Donald Curry did McCrory. Yeah. Yeah, left hook. I think he got up and did him with a right hand after that. But it was the left hook that set it all up. And I just think, maybe because when you, it seems the left hook, where you see such devastating knockouts as well.
2: Yeah, well, you also get the time when both fighters miss with the right hand. They both cock over and they both load the left hip up, and they both come back yeah. with a left hook at the same time. And when one that was so like, beats them, that was like, the fraction of the second.
1: The column, column stoppage. I think mm-hmm. with the the Hefron fight. I think. Yeah. Yeah, the left up. Yeah, the ball flight like, missed it. Well, Cullen landed that one, obviously. Yeah. Who
2: was it as well? Um, Wayne Alexander Tackle, who was that? A Oh, big
0: left great. Up? What a shot that was. Wayne Alexander, you know. Wayne, we're going, we're going off topic there. When Wayne turned professional, I was convinced because he was leaving a trail of devastation in the amateurs uh, domestically. And I really, I, I thought when he turned professional, our um we we had a you know the mark two of Nigel Ben was coming along. He was he, he was that much of a concussive pun, even in the amateurs, he was leaving them starched out.
2: Do you ever did you watch Wayne Alexander Jack? Your weight there.
0: I don't, I've not seen much of him to be honest. Sure. No. <laughs> the sure.
2: Load up his highlight reel, Jack. Yeah like like
0: <laughs> Have you seen the Takaloo fight? Do you seen the Takaloo fight, Jack?
1: I've not. No, that, I'm gonna send you the video be, yeah. of it
0: later on. I'm gonna find I'll it for a, you in a minute. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be on that. I'll be I'll on. F- it. I'm gonna find it for you in a bit. i send it to you on WhatsApp. Jack, over to you. Your final topic: um, training <laughs> schedules.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just to refer. It's just like something I've I've been always interested in, and I always try and like prize it out of. Anyone who I get for speak to is for a good level, um, and or any coaches I would try and get out of them what they think the like the the perfect training schedule is really because um, I'm just I, I don't know I, I like doing everything um, I'm like meticulous with what I want to do I like I want to make sure I've got the wick in for a fight I want to make sure of. Um, Picked every box or so speaking, um, I'd yeah. So I, I I'm just yeah just curious of what people think that the, the, the best what well, how I many you know how I many runs you should be doing a week, how I many boxing sessions, how I many strengthening conditioning, um, yeah,
0: yeah. I just I mean I'm not I'm not a trainer. I mean you know John already said it, but how important do you think rest is? I used to you know I run quite a lot, but I used to like train for marathons and stuff and. Only at like, you know, a daft level for four hour, you know, whatever my time was. But I always found the rest was as important as the recovery was as important as the training. Are you, are you one yeah. of those fighters, Jack, who if you've got to have a couple of days rest, thinks I've got to do something or...
1: Yeah, I, to be fair, I, I hate resting. But I mean, really? I, I definitely, I understand it a lot more now. Um, like when I was with, when I was training with Alex, Alex used to, have to literally kick me out of the gym for stop my training and stuff like that. But I don't like yeah, I don't like resting because I feel like I'm you know, I could be doing something in that time. Every, you say you've got an eight week you've got eight week training. Um every day's like precious, isn't it? To to getting the best out of yourself, for uh, for that fight um, but yeah I think you know you you do need the rest is important because you recharge for go again next week or the next day or the next spa.
2: something I've wondered Jack is if you work with strength and conditioning coaches do they speak to your boxing coach because you, you might have like a, um, a sparring session coming up on a Wednesday morning but your strength and conditioning guy has got you doing heavy plyometrics on a Tuesday afternoon and when you wake up Wednesday yeah. morning your legs are done so is there any talk between your strength coach and your boxing coach about what your boxing coach wants you to actually be doing?
1: Yeah, I think they definitely should be um like every strength coach I ever had, I've always told them um yeah, I'm sparring tomorrow or cuz the sparring is the most important thing like right? I mean that's this secondary thing to um to the boxing um Obviously, you've got to get strong. But I mean, if you've got if you've got a strength session, I normally have my strength session on a Tuesday, but then I'll spar on Wednesday. So I'll tell my strength coach that I can't be too heavy today. I've got to do something that works on my speed rather than lifting heavy, week, uh, heavy weights, or so I'm fresh for the spar tomorrow. Yeah,
0: yeah. you saying the penny just before we move on the final, and you said the penny sort of dropped about rest. What is it that Martin or someone has said to you, and you thought they're right about having the red days?
1: Um, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose I started doing it when I was with uh, with Alex, and then, you know, I, um, Martin's big on it as well. He's just, just you need the, the rest because at the, end of the day, like I train, I I train year round. Um, I thought really really do like camps. Um. I won't I won't just, I won't be out of the gym and then in the gym I, I'm in the gym all the time so if I'm just hammering it all the time I need to keep my body good um obviously the more work the more to you've got the less time you have for fighting so I suppose I just want to you know keep keep fighting as long as I can without having being worn out by the time but you want some I'm
0: Right, final round, round six. Maybe this is a bit a high praise, baby Oscar. I want to talk about John Ryder. I mean, he hasn't won the titles that Oscar De La Hoya had. But you know what? Like, like Oscar De La Hoya, who has John Ryder ever swerved? He's got Munguia this weekend. Is he 42-0? and 0? And I did this today. I had to do a bit of research to this. His last 13 fights, Ryder's opponents have got a 319 wins. Fourteen losses and four draws in his last thirteen fights. I mean that, and the Steve the CV stacked. I mean, domestically he lost to Field Rocky Fielding and an Armfield when they were, you know, when they were real when they were live wires domestically. You know, and still he was still... crazy
2: result. Jack Armfield beating Ryder yeah. sounds like a crazy result. Yeah, you
0: Filled him, bit you know, and then you know, the controversy again, you know, the close fight with Callum Smith, Canelo beaten, he's beaten Zach Parker, Jacobs. Who was there? Was a decent Russian somewhere in there? Was it Sirocco or Sirocco? Sirocco, yeah, beaten, Sirocco think, yeah, yeah, Jamie Cox. I just think you know, he's nine four in those 13 fights as well. I just don't think he gets enough praise, and nobody knows him. You know, John's a very quiet guy. And I don't think he's bothered that the fame hasn't followed him. He's just happy. I think he's a bit, you know, he's just happy to be in these great fights and be earning. You know, I should think he's earned very, very good money. But I just think that's an incredible stat for his last 13 fights. You know, and even like Patrick Nilsson was about, you know, a very good European campaign. And when he beat him, I think he was 29 and one. I think he lost the title fight absolutely staggering what he's done and everything he, he's got from coming back from that Billy Joe Saunders lost it. And that was close. He, you know, he's done it all. He's done it himself. And I just don't think anyone praises John Ryder enough. I think he's been one of our finest professional boxers of the last decade.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. I think he's, he's taken the big fights. Um, having them names on your record it, it when or lose it still gives you some kind of um some kind of legacy on it if you if you if you have them fights you the likes of Canelo and people like that and you've lost but you've still you've not just called it a day after losing to him, you've been back in with Mungier or you've been back in with whoever else after that it's um full credit to him.
0: I mean after this weekend it'll be, you know He's going in, if you added this Saturday's fight into that, something like 360 wins between them the last 14. Absolutely staggering. What's your say, John?
2: Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? It's it's an example, isn't it, in plugging away. You know, he didn't throw his trainer under a bus. He didn't blame other people. He just kept going and going and going. And it's more than 10 years since he lost to Billy Joe Saunders. And don't forget, he came back about... 18 months after that, and we had to set him up for a British title fight against Nick Blackwell. That's Nick it. Blackwell stopped him. That's right, And then he yeah. lost to Armfield and Rocky Fielding. He's 30, said, 35
1: now, uh, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. you
2: said then, after losing to Billy Joe, Blackwell, Armfield and Fielding, that he would have had his second part of his career, I don't think anyone would have believed you. Yeah. But a real good fight to watch, isn't he? Solid, he's improved throughout his career, just stayed dedicated, got on, and he's got his rewards. And, and I, I would love to see him get a world title. Whether, whether it'll happen, I don't know. But he's definitely hurt a few quid. And I tell you what, sometimes these days, there's that many world title belts, your reputation's worth, worth more than a WBA belt, isn't that's it? That's right. You and and riders' reputation right at the top.
0: And all, uh, also, this thing, same sure. with yourself, Jack, the Sonnet's thing. Always, is, you know, there's still too much of this. A loss is the end of the world. Matter, does it? You know, you go, but you know, you look at yourself, Jack. You come through this fight with Ryan Amos. You're not earning those John Ryder paydays yet, but you're right back in there for, at worst, another big TV fight. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, that I, I take um, inspiration from people like, that, especially in being, especially being 35 and still having having the fights like that. Um, and he's had a few losses, you know, earlier on in his career. I mean. I'm 29 now, so it, it gives me like good, it gives me a bit of a spur on to think, you know, what I've lost a couple. But I mean, yeah, like I say, you can just turn around, like 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 that, really. So um, yeah, it's good for to you. see.
0: Hey, you're a baby, mate. You look. I think Ryan Amos, who you're fighting, is 33. Only lost, you know. Age is just a yeah. number. 29. You're just a, you know, not just starting out <laughs> on this this game, mate.
1: Exactly, yeah. Still got another 10 years, yeah. Is that what you <laughs> say? You're going to be there at 40, are you? Oh, I, I, I,
0: I To be fair, I always said um,
1: when I first started boxing, because I've been boxing since I was 10 years old, I always said that I would be that I wanted to be done when I'm 30. But, I mean, yeah, I'm 30 <laughs> this year, so... I don't That's not happening. That. No, I mean, I've already given myself another two years because we have had lockdown and COVID and all that stuff, so... We'll see where we're after. another three,
0: uh, Jack's
2: the type the... who'll be in the awake corner in Oldham Sports and when he's 34.
0: Yeah. 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 You love it too much. You love it too much, Jack. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. I can tell when it I see, you love boxing too much. You said at the so... start of this podcast, all you do is boxing. If you're either training people or training yourself or fighting, you know. Yeah. You're... I think I'll
1: get, um, I'll be one of them where I'm a bit
0: jealous. Like, I'll be. Training
1: someone doing the corner, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I miss this. I need the um, so yeah, I don't think I'll be. I think after the Heaney fight, people were saying all of as he jacked it in and he tired, and I'm just, I was just, just laughing at it, really. It's just man, a bit mad.
0: i tell you what, it's been great having you on tonight, Jack. Um, first time you've been on, it's been a pleasure us having you, John. Thanks as always for coming on. We've recorded this a bit later than usual tonight, so. I'll let you get back to whatever football you're watching or motorbike you're fixing, John, or whatever you're writing for boxing scene, but thank you. And thanks everyone else um, who's watching or listening. It's been an excellent 30 minutes. Thank you.
1: Thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. Nice one, lads. Cheers, Steve. Nice one, John. See you soon. Bye.
2: See see you soon, mate. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions, also Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.